Welcome to Screen Actors Guild, where we explore Oscar-winning actors and the embarrassing films they'd rather forget. I am your host, Michelle, the cougar hiding in the woods throughout the entirety of the podcast and movie that you only see at the very end. (laughs) And I'm uh, your co-host, Henry, uh, the teeny tiny sheriff. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Just a little guy. uh, God. He's just a little guy. This... Uh, I, this is like genuinely high up on my least favorite movies that we have watched yet. Yeah, it uh, it was a punishing watch for sure. And I, I have a yeah. feeling it was a punishing watch for the people who made it and it just had, about everyone involved be. in it. It had to be. It's like, it is almost as, obje- in some ways more objectionable than Highway while yeah, yeah, being yeah. as dull or duller than any movie we have watched yes. so far. Like I can't think of one that has... It was like the dullness of the performance of the main character from Deadfall with the yeah. objectionability of Highway. Like, yeah, it is and, and like the sl- despicable. Like, there was something special about uh, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band that made it, while it was, like, one of the most boring things ever, also made it kind of exciting and weird to watch because there was just so much shit happening in the background and things happening at all times and i remember there's a neon car accident that yeah yeah exactly like uh i remember being very bored at the time but my metric for boredom had not yet been fully realized (laughs) and now i've got broke the thermometer yeah now Uh, i can calibrate things accordingly and it was made at like the height of everybody's career oh oh yeah like Multiple people had just won Oscars, yes. or had just been nominated for Oscars. Yeah. Uh, so we're this is a Jennifer Lawrence, a J Law, mm-hmm. talking J Law, America's sweetheart. Yeah, Hollywood uh, royalty at this point. Yeah, Holly- uh, Katniss Everdeen, the <laughs> woman from Winter's Bone, uh, Silver Linings Dance Card, uh, the 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 Sparrow, the yep, the, red, the Red Sparrow, yep, the Sparrow, um. Mr. Uh, Blue Eyes McGillicuddy himself. (laughs) (laughs) Old B-Coop. Old B-Coops. Yeah. So. Yeah. So this is, this is our J-Law episode. And I I like, I mean, she's a good actress. I like She's one of my favorite people, I would say. Like Hollywood personalities. Like just charming, charms your pants off, hilarious, wonderful actress. I I can't say anything negative about her as a person. And I feel very badly that she was in this movie. But I kind of feel bad for everyone associated with this movie. So she's just, she just got thrown in there and under the bus. And she takes it in the teeth more than anybody else in this movie. Like they... She is the most despicable in it. Also, the most like, uh, like ham-fisted gender stereotypes. Like the most toxic gender stereotypes I've seen on a in a movie in a while. All like manifested in her. Very weird uh, character for her, and like, yeah. And she tried really hard to sell it. I will say that she did her best, and I don't. I don't fault her for trying. I wonder what movie she thought she was in. And I wonder what movie Bradley Cooper thought he was in. We just watched 
<laughs> we just watched a movie called Serena, which says the runtime is an hour and 49 minutes, but I, I have a feeling that I descended into some kind of time warp where I actually just sat and watched this for four solid hours because that's what my brain <laughs> thinks it did. <laughs> this movie's slow as molasses, except for these, like, spurts of gunfire and maulings and, and like, straight razor murder and then back to slow as molasses. Yeah. Uh, it's like a sprint so, at the very beginning, and then, and then just like like someone just we were texting earlier. It's like what it, you called it uh, high intensity interval training uh, for movies, but then mm-hmm. like the middle part is just someone uh, maybe just stretching in place for a while <laughs> and winding up for or the like end, which is just like another little tiny water sport. aerobics. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, doing elderly like geriatric water aerobics in the interim, and then the very end, it's like a like a high dive. It's like parkour at the very end. <laughs> so crazy. Uh, uh, so this movie was made in 2014. Yeah. Uh, it filmed immediate. It's like as far as I can tell, uh, Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence came right off of Silver Linings Playbook. Like they literally wrapped it and then went and started filming this hot pile okay. of like dry fart garbage. Yes, they did because this movie actually wasn't made in 2014. It was made in 2012 and it was released in 2014. Huh. It's release date huh. in theaters and I'm going to say theaters generously because I have a feeling it was <laughs> like theaters that you could count on one, maybe two hands. Um, It was released in 2015. So this movie like was in post-production for fucking ever, like years plural. And they had just finished, Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence had just been nominated for, and one of them won Oscars for Silver Linings Playbook in 2012. So, like, they were basically Hollywood gold, and then this thing came out, and it was... I don't even think it was the next thing that they were both in that came out. I'm pretty sure that American Hustle came out in the interim. So, like, they had already been... Into widely acclaimed films, and then this one just kind of snuck in there. And I do mean snuck because I don't think anyone saw it except us two and people that were paid to review it. <laughs> yeah, correct. I kind of wonder if, like, part of the reason they named it Serena is that so people like drunk would accidentally rent it, thinking they were renting Selena. Like, <laughs> there's there is no reason to watch this movie unless you're us it's it's not fun it is baffling uh so the plot of this this hell garbage movie uh bradley cooper is a like an aspiring timber magnate in the immediate aftermath of the stock market crash, yeah. like 1929. Mm-hmm. And it's important that you know that because it doesn't matter at all to the plot of the movie. No. It is not it at is all. Like, it is set dressing at best. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's in uh, the Carolinas, in like the Smoky Mountains in the... Yeah, I guess the, the yeah. Smoky Mountains in the Carolinas. He uh, was like a business partner, and then he goes and he meets Jennifer Lawrence in an absurd... 
way that we should talk about. Yeah. I have to talk One about. One of the only parts uh, of the movie containing any action, and it's done mostly through montage. We'll talk about it in a little bit. Oh, my God. <laughs> the fucking Return of the King-ass <laughs> blackout montage. Should we just talk uh, about it now? Because it's like... <laughs> sure, sure, sure. We'll just slowly move through the, like quote-unquote plot of this movie. This is the only part uh, where it's got any momentum right up until I'm, like, the very end, and we'll ha- and that can take, like, three sentences to summarize. So the beginning, we see him doing there, his job, and then we see him at, like, an equestrian event where he's watching... Wait, there's one thing I... There's one thing I want to talk about before oh, okay. we see him doing it, before he moves there. So it's, just, it's, like, it's a little detail that, like really prefaced for me how like fucking nonsensical this movie that's going to be so he tells he's like on the timber site and he says have the girl bring me my meal and then this young woman emerges with this like coffee table size platter that she's like has to carry almost like a scissor hold oh, it's this like yeah. giant platter with like a tiny little covered plate <laughs> yeah. on it out to bradley cooper which and then we later learned that was like she's bringing him the dinner so that he can put a baby inside of her uh but it's just like the image of this young woman carrying this like dining room table without legs Ugh. upstairs to Bradley Cooper. There's just something about the image that I can't get out of my head. But yeah, then then we're like we fast forward to he's back in Boston. And you learn that he's from Boston, which is important because his accent is inscrutable the entire movie. Oh, uh, man, I didn't even pay attention to it. That's how much this movie just beat me down. <laughs> it's It, like, starts with New York and then goes a little deep south, and then it, like, kind of <laughs> merges into Boston, but it's like a mumbly Boston, where sometimes <laughs> you can tell he doesn't know how the Boston accent's supposed to go, so just kind of slurs his words. It's like, that's what Boston does, right? I mean, he and his sister have radically different Boston accents. Like, nobody was trying no, in this movie. No, no one was trying. No. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so he's yeah. at this equestrian thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's, like, watching, uh, he's got his eye on this woman who is played by Jennifer Lawrence doing her little equestrian horsey tricks, horsey jumps and tricks, mm-hmm. and his sister's watching him watch her and then gives him the lowdown about this woman who apparently survived this, like, tragedy. Her house burned down, her entire family died. She was covered in ash calling for her siblings. Like, she's, like, a broken woman. Uh, so he gets he gets the hot goss on her, and then he proceeds to track her down after the event on his horse, approaches her on a wooded trail, and basically without any wind-up just says, we should be married. And then they kind of mm-hmm. smile at each other, and then it's a montage of them... Uh, it's like... I can't tell if it's a wedding reception or something. It's like it's a party, and then it fades to black... Yes. And then it fades up on them fucking, kind of, from different angles, fades to black. Then it's like maybe them walking arm in arm or dancing and then fades to black and then back up on fucking and then fades to black and then back up on fucking. Yeah, lots of fucking. Uh, Lots of fucking. Um, Yeah, it it sets itself up for... It sets itself up crazy because no movie begins with a montage like that. Um, Mm -hmm. but the way I was reading it, like, oh, so they're making like an old fashioned style movie. Like this is supposed to seem like it's from the thirties a little bit, like with this weird structure. And it starts with a sweeping romance where it doesn't really matter if they have anything in common or converse. They're just in love now. And now that's established that they're in love and it's just going to go from there. But the movie falls completely flat after this. 
So the montage makes no sense. Like it didn't anyway, but then it really doesn't because then it's just no action almost at all for like an hour. Yeah. There, there is bath time. There was a, Oh God, we have to talk about bath time. Uh, there was a moment when he, when uh, the sister was explaining to Bradley Cooper who, uh, who Jennifer Lawrence is, there's two things. One, she says that she's practically an aborigine, which is like, what oh, the fuck? Oh, yeah, that was fucked. <laughs> and, and then she says the following six words. She's beautiful, wounded, mad for trees. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> that's, not, that's not a personality trait. I don't know what it is, but that's not like a thing that humans say out of their human mouths. <laughs> Well, the the way that she, like, the, the things that she said while they were crazy, I was picturing, like, okay, so here's this refined-looking, presumably high-society woman who secretly is going to be kind of feral. Is that what we're going to find out? That she's been dolled up, but then she's, like, kind of feral and has these weird, like, I-come-from-the-woods qualities where she kind of can't hang with, like, no, she's a normal, seemingly... A comfortable woman, high society, high society yeah. woman. She's never not wearing red lipstick throughout this entire film, and she's just in her cute little outfits, being a trying to be a lady boss. So none of that had anything to do with her character. Yeah, is like absolutely useless. All of everything is extraneous in this movie. It's just like different things tacked on to this like shoddy carapace of of like kind of a movie. Uh, it doesn't make sense and, that it's called Serena. Right. Like, it doesn't it's matter not, because she's not the main character. The, nobody's the main no character. No one is the main character of this movie. <laughs> Bradley Cooper is not the main character. Jennifer Lawrence, at the beginning, seems like she might kind of be the main character, even though she's introduced after, like, the first ten minutes. But then she's also not the main character. I don't understand. The main character might be, like... The violin that slowly plays in the background throughout every single scene. If I had to describe the score of this movie, it would be two men or women alone in a room. One has a cello, the other has a violin, and they were given one melody, and then they had to play it over and over until their contract was up. They're like, you're getting right, paid. until one of them goes fucking nuts. Yeah, they're like, we paid you for eight hours of work, and you will do eight hours of work. Just that melody until we unlock the door. See, the main character in this movie for me is the Panther Man. Uh, I love the Panther Man, The Panther Man, Man is, he is the only interesting thing happening in the movie. I call him Stumpy. Uh, yeah. So there's, there's a character that's introduced early on. Like one of the first scenes in the movie, maybe the first scene in the movie, mm-hmm. uh, is Bradley Cooper hunting a panther. And he's being guided <sighs> by this Panther Man. It's like hillbilly-ass Panther Man. Yeah. Uh, who's an actor that looks really familiar to me, but I couldn't tell what he was from. Yeah, I can't remember his... When I read his name, it didn't jog my memory either because it's, it's like a weird, like, rise something. Um, he looks like if a man were, like, partially transfigured into a scraggly dog and, like... <laughs> and then transfigured back. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> at one point in the movie, he gets his hand chopped off, so I'm going to call him Stumpy for the rest of the podcast just to make life easier on myself, but... Yeah, the the arc of Panther Man, where, like, he claims there's no panthers in the woods, but he's also, like, feverishly devoted to Bradley Cooper catching a panther. And then Jennifer Lawrence says he's standoffish to her, but there's, like, literally no evidence of that on screen. He's standoffish Uh, to everybody because he doesn't really speak? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
He tells he has like a crazy tattoo on his arm, and J Law immediately identifies that as a prison tattoo. But it's like a it's like an eyeball with rays coming out, which I I guess is a prison tattoo in this like alternative universe. It looked like a uh, new agey tattoo to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like sort of Celestine prophecy. Yeah. Uh, and he, apparently he's been in jail for manslaughter of a guy who had it coming. Then he like randomly throws an axe at a sleeping man's head for like apropos of absolutely nothing. Then gets his hand, again, randomly chopped off. It's like he trips over something and leans on a tree. And then, without reason, a guy just swings an axe at his hand and cuts it off. Uh, and then J-Law saves him with a tourniquet. And then he cites um, his mother's prophecy and says he's honor-bound to J-Law. And then proceeds to, like, hunt down and kill innocent women and children yeah. for the rest of the movie until he's tragically ended by Bradley Cooper. This movie should have been... Uh, there's a secret movie within this movie that's about that guy being, like, a crazed madman slash awesome, like, weird villain anti-hero. And I would watch that Yeah, movie. he's like a Coen Brothers villain. Yeah, yeah. He's actually kind of cool. And I remember I was really, really bored and I just kept writing down, like, what is this movie? What is the plot? Can't figure out the plot. And then... Stumpy's pretty cool. I like Stumpy. <laughs> I like his scraggle teeth. I like his stump. I want to see more of Stumpy. And then you do. You get more of Stumpy. So he's sort of a redeeming quality. He's a cool, weird, like, old-fashioned cartoon villain. Like a like a yeah, silent yeah. movie villain. Like a snidely whiplash. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, so Bradley Cooper brings Jennifer Lawrence to, to the, like, the logging town in North Carolina. And she's got all these logging expertise. And he does this, like very dispassionate, awkward speech about how even though she's a woman, you should respect her like you respect me, yeah. uh, even though she's a woman. Uh, and then one of my highlights is he stops, like, abruptly, and their staff manager, like, their shift manager says, the trees ain't going to cut themselves, boys, which is, like, an amazing thing to say to a bunch of loggers. Yeah. And then that scene ends. Uh, <laughs> and then we're introduced to the first quasi-plot of the movie, which is that a county sheriff is trying to build a national park and Bradley Cooper doesn't want him to. Yeah, he owns this land uh, that he doesn't want to let go of. And the, he also owns a bunch of land in Brazil. He's trying to build himself a little, like... He's trying to... Yeah, he's a aspiring, like, ambitious timber man. Yeah, uh, whose initial primary antagonist is a county sheriff played by Toby Jones, who's a wonderful actor that's about the size of a footstool. And they've... He's an excellent example of either the parents somehow knowing what he was going to look like as an adult or just, like, him <laughs> fulfilling a prophecy that if your name is <laughs> Toby Jones, that you have to be this adorable little tiny man that was probably born looking like he was about 68 years old. Just, like, a little guy. Like a fun but an little... ancient baby. Yeah, like, yeah. That his body was allowed to, like, to age, kind of, but he would never leave baby status. Like, what's what's hard for me to grok... There's a bunch of things that are weird to me about the Toby Jones character. One is that he's a county sheriff who's somehow in charge of pushing a national park in, like, in rural Appalachia. Yeah. Which, it doesn't really, tra like, Not track totally for me. Get it, but, but whatever. whatever. All right. Maybe it was, like, multiple characters in the book and they decided to, like, combine it into Toby Probably, Jones. Probably, yeah. I, I kind of get that decision. But that, like, the very clearly, like, hard scrabble, backwoodsy hill people elected this, like, effete boy child 
as a feet ancient boy child with Toby Jones to be their their sheriff. He's like, you cannot intimidate somebody for Toby Jones. He's the baby inside of a king cake. Like, what was he? What, what was his campaign slogan? Like, I'll I'll I'm baby New Year. I'll kick out the old year. Like, was the baby was inside he of for- a king cake? Yeah, he he looks like someone who was maybe Benjamin Buttoning, but then like but halfway through like retained some old man like it's like the mixture of both ends of the spectrum because he's just a little it's, guy who i've seen him in so many movies like for decades now he always pops up as like a little side character and he's been in lots of stuff and he's always looked like that yeah he's like uh like if you had cronenberg's the fly and you had like winston churchill in one chamber and i don't know like a, a cupid doll yeah, in another chamber. And cherub, you've like yeah. mixed them together. You sort of end up with this like permanent ancient cigar man baby. Mm-hmm. He's he's like six heads shorter than everybody else in the room. And like you're supposed to take him seriously as a like a rural sheriff. And I can't do it. Like he's he's less intimidating than Jello. Like yeah. he's just... I don't understand because I... Cause I I understand that he's supposed to read like, like a like a more kind of bureaucratic threat to people. I guess, right? Because he's he's a rural sheriff. I know. Like, how is that your guy for that? I don't know. It's weird. <sighs> but yeah, yeah. That's the that's the semblance of a side plot outside of Serena's jealous rage. Like, that's kind of like right. The impetus for there being a movie for quite a while. It's Bradley Cooper trying to preserve his land and um not not lose his land and not be in debt to the bank or something i kind of lost track it is very funny that the first plot of this movie the the protagonists are like greedy timber barons and the antagonists (laughs) are people trying to build a national park i know it really sets you up to like all the wrong people Absolutely. Uh, what's lucky for that is I don't like anybody in this movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're... So, like, eventually Bradley Cooper's business partner, who's, like, coded as gay, I guess, wants to sell, and then Jennifer Lawrence convinces Bradley Cooper to murder him, which he does. Yeah. But how he convinces... How she convinces Bradley Cooper to murder him is fun, because it takes place exclusively through sponge baths. Yeah, uh, a lot of this movie happens in the sponge bath. But that scene especially, that scene especially, right at the beginning, it's within like the honeymoon phase of their marriage. She's uh, convincing him that his business partner, who he's known for years, is somehow against him um, based on, I want to say, like an hour long interaction that she's had with him. And then during a Mm -hmm. sponge bath, while Bradley Cooper is fully clothed and she's in the bath making intense eye contact with him, she tells him he needs to uh, take him out. It's it's one of two different two separate occasions where Bradley Cooper is wearing a three piece suit, sponge bathing, naked Jennifer Lawrence in a clawfoot bathtub, and in one of them he masturbates her for like it's the longest sex scene in the movie. This movie has like thirty five two second sex scenes, yeah. but this one you get like a full on like Bradley Cooper J Law hand job. Yeah. Uh, in a bathtub. What I wrote down 
I went on a little journey emotionally during the watch of this movie <laughs> because I knew nothing about it. I watched the trailer and I was like, oh, I was like pleasantly surprised at high, how high budget it seemed and who was in it. And, I was, and so I wrote down at the very beginning before the credits were over, am I going to like this movie and make Henry really sad? <laughs> and then, but then... <laughs> And then within the first, like, 15 or 20 minutes, there's still some action, albeit some crazy action, but I thought maybe this movie's just going to be a fucking ride, and then it screeched to a grinding halt, and I wrote down, this movie is 50% people glaring at each other and 50% bath time. That's <laughs> what it felt like in my mind. But yeah, there's, yeah. A lot of, there's a lot of bath time, and it's kind of like... They introduce this character where she's, like, damaged goods, kind of. Like, she has this mm-hmm. troubled, mm-hmm. like, past, lost her whole family. But her character doesn't reflect any of that. She's sort of, like, this brazened, like, I'm going to come in and take over your company and start talking to your high-level, like, your upper management employees, like, they're mine and they're trash, and I'm going to shoulder my way around this joint. And then in, like, the next scene, she's, like, this wavering, cowering little, like, I don't know, I never thought I'd have anybody, and now I'm now I'm this, like, weak little woman, and she just Wilting oscillates flower. back and forth from being, yeah, like a little shrinking violet to this bo- boss lady. Oh, but also, like, murderous, j- jealous psychopath. And then she turns, yeah, she does turn halfway through the movie into a murderous psychopath, which I would have been kind of into if this movie had made any sense. I'm, I'm Right, they don't... They don't earn it. It's just no, like suddenly she can't have babies and she's out of her fucking mind. Do you know what it reminded me of? And I don't know if you're a Game of Thrones person at all. Um, a little. It reminded me of how much that show really screwed the pooch with Daenerys. Like that whole character. Mm-hmm. And she mm-hmm. was like kind mm-hmm. of an inter- totally. interesting, cool character. And then right at the end, the writers just either threw in the towel or caved to like a bunch of external pressure. And were like, uh, and she flips her shit. And that was, Mm -hmm. yeah. and it just felt like that. Like, is there nowhere else you could have taken this character? Or could you not have, like, introduced this plot line of her losing her mind a little bit, like, way sooner and made it the main conflict? Because I would have been pretty down to watch that. Right. If the trigger wasn't Jennifer Lawrence miscarries and then can't have a baby anymore, and Bradley Cooper has a baby and she needs to kill it, like, that is such an, uh, an offensive upsetting uh, subplot for a movie. And I think maybe it's supposed to be the main plot, but it doesn't start until like an hour and 20 minutes into the movie. Uh, It's a different kind of movie. Like that sort of movie is like a psychological thriller kind of movie. And if you establish that at the beginning, it's fine if she loses her marbles and decides to go try to like, not fine that she's trying to murder a child, but you know what I mean. Like, it's fine if right. that's where her No, it's great to try to murder a child. Yeah, the keeps... child knows what he did, and I wish that she succeeded. <laughs> I I was rooting for the Panther Man to murder he's, that child. My name is Michelle Dobosh. <laughs> that baby knows what he did. Um, pretty sure he's wearing a baby. How like dare he come out of Bradley Cooper and into the only actress putting in a decent performance in this movie? Oh, man. Yeah, so then that that is the middle of the movie. Like, she has a miscarriage, she loses her shit. Because Bradley Cooper has, uh, he's had sex with a woman before he ever met her. She became pregnant, and now he's got this son that he's been, like, squirreling money away for, because she's... But not giving the money to. Yeah. Which is also very strange. Yeah, that's He just keeps adding to an envelope in his desk. He keeps a scrapbook of baby photos of this kid, 
and then a little envelope that says for the baby and it has cash in it but it's just kind of hidden away so like I, I don't know I don't know what that plan and was the woman works on site and lives like down the street oh, yeah, he like he could just bring it to her but instead he's kept it in his desk in an ever swelling envelope just for crazy Jennifer Lawrence to find totally uh I I do want to talk about the woman that plays his baby mama. I don't know this actress, but it seems like she's the only person that, like, is truly doing her best in this. Like, she's delivering some decent stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, like, pretty su- understated. Like, she doesn't have very many lines, but, like, she's actually kind of gripping on screen. Uh, and I just want to, a little, little tip of the hat to whoever that actress is. I should find out her name, but it would take a minute. Yeah, uh, she was pretty good. She was, uh, she's not on screen for a whole lot of time. This movie feels like like it's of a certain genre, uh, aesthetically. That kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, um, that sort of like Western, like pioneer kind of genre. Like the the muddy ground railroad tracksy genre of film. <laughs> Like right. the the dead Deadwood meets like what Hell on Wheels kind of vibe, and she's in uh-huh, she's uh-huh. she's in it to be in that kind of she's it's a subdued kind of performance, and she seems like she's right at home in that role. The thing is, like, I went into this giving it the movie a lot of credit because, dude, it's Bradley Cooper, it's Jennifer Lawrence, mm-hmm. it's um, also we should talk about the fact that the director of this film is a pretty good director and she made this like she's won huh. she's won an oscar she's won an emmy what? she's won a bafta she's won a golden globe um she made yeah she won an oscar for in a better world that was the best foreign film in 2011 her name's susan beer uh, suzanne beer she's a, a danish director who did a bunch of foreign stuff that some of the th- things were adapted for the ad- um adapted for the u.s and then like she did some U.S. movies, yeah, won a Golden Globe, won an Emmy for Night Manager, a lot of stuff. She's on the Academy Award Board of Directors now. She's like a person. She just interesting. She just made The Undoing, or she was one of the directors on The Undoing on HBO. Like she's currently working and like putting out good stuff. And so, what what, huh. I, what I thought watching this was just like seriously, what did the script look like before when everyone signed on to it? Do you think that the Danish director just wasn't reading English super well yet, and was? Because <laughs> like this, it was adapted from the, this movie was adapted from a book that was like a New York Times bestseller, and from the limited research I did, it seemed like it was pretty well reviewed. And like, she is a person with some clout. She had already won an Oscar, I believe, before she made this film. So, like, and then she hired two... Like, Bradley Cooper's been nominated for, like, eight fucking Oscars. Jennifer Lawrence been nominated for, like, four. Like, she won that year. It seems like there's no reason for everyone to turn in, like, turn up to work every day on such a shitty thing if they didn't honestly believe in it. And at a $30 million budget, which is, you know, not too bad. I I kept... I kept wondering what they thought they were making. Me too. Like, it it has all of the trappings of Oscar bait, right? Like, it's got A-list actors. It's a period piece. Yeah. It's a family drama. But just, like, and, like, all, yeah, all of the parts are there. It's just, like, the connective tissue is made of dry Play-Doh. Like, it just, none of it sticks together. Uh, yeah. It, yeah, it's, so, like, 
so Bradley Cooper commits murder, and then Jennifer Lawrence saves Panther Man, and so he's in hot like he has an honor debt to her, yeah. and she discovers this money in the uh, in the drawer, the baby fund. and like and like scratches out the baby's face in a photograph, and like does this crazy face scream, mm-hmm. and and then goes on a murderous rampage via Panther Man to murder. A guy that has that was gonna like sell out the company, uh, a an old woman for just like fucking no reason. Yeah, just an old woman then, who sometimes babysits Bradley Cooper's son. Right, like there is no like you could just have Jennifer Lawrence like go in there and see if she's around and then not and leave, but instead they just decide to murder this old lady. Yeah, and also like a person that we've never met before. Like there's no yeah. stakes to that character. <laughs> I was trying to figure out because like. You know, full disclosure, I was, like, looking at my phone a bit during this watch, (laughs) and I, like, saw that this woman who they introduced her name, she's, like, the widow so-and-so, who, like, Rachel, the the baby mama, Rachel and the baby, sometimes go stay with her, and so I'm, like, is this a person that we've already met, and I just was checked out for multiple minutes or something? No, 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 she's not in the movie. She's just a dead body in the movie later. It's... Why would you even... You don't need the... Like, you, you've you met so many other characters in this movie. This movie is, like, overflowing with useless characters. Yeah. And the person that you have us see killed, it just, it's Well, what, what probably happened is that there was a lot of this movie that got left on the cutting room floor that did include mm-hmm. that lady, which is horrifying mm-hmm. to me because that means that there is more static dead air footage that was part of this plot. <laughs> <laughs> that they were like, not this. But over here, yeah. this. <laughs> Definitely keep uh, that in. The, so uh, there's a thing that when Jennifer Lawrence is looking for, looking th- like rifling through the drawers, she finds the picture of, uh, of the uh, Rachel of the baby mama and the baby. Did you happen to see what the photographer's name was? No. In that picture? No. His name is T.K. Frizzle, which is like... <laughs> Fucking PBS Morning Children Show yeah. host name is like this photographer's name is HG Wigglebottom. Like the photographer's <laughs> name is like Sprinkle McDish Soap. It TK Frizzle. This is supposed to be a serious fucking movie. Oh man, yeah, that's Mrs. Frizzle's husband. I didn't know that she was such a historical figure. <laughs> They're both ageless. Yeah. They're time lords. Oh my goodness, that's really funny. I like the Easter eggs in this movie. Oh, this is something. Well. It doesn't. It doesn't happen till the end of the movie. But do you think that mm-hmm. that was a real cougar or a fake cougar? Oh, I. It looked pretty CGI to me. Okay, I really. I tried to freeze frame it and like figure it out, but maybe it was just the resolution of the copy of this movie that I found, or maybe it was just me and just completely losing perspective. But I thought for a second that it might have been real, and then I had to imagine like how much of the budget would they have to allot. To pay for a cougar when there's like, <laughs> there's no way. But it looks kind of real, yeah. I guess, to me. Yeah. In my crazy I mean, brain after about five hours of this movie. You're just searching for something to grab onto. I was trying to write down highlights, and I was really hoping that that could be one. <laughs> so, so fucking Bradley Cooper learns via, uh, you know. Sheriff deputized Hobbit Toby Jones oh. that Jennifer Lawrence uh, tried 
tried to murder the baby and did murder the widow. Uh, and Bradley Cooper, like, confronts her on it. She's like, oh, yeah, I was going to murder the baby. Who cares? Uh, and she says, uh, if you love this bastard child this much, just kill me. It's the only way you'll ever stop me. Which is like, yeah. I stopped. It's like, why did Jennifer Lawrence agree to play this character? Like, that dialogue had to be in the movie. Uh and then he almost murders her with his bare hands in front of, like, 15 people. Yeah. And then drives away, and she, like, waves goodbye to him in this very sweet way, which is, like, both a highlight and a low light for me. Yeah. Uh, and you get this obviously fast motion shot of Bradley Cooper driving to stop Panther Man from murdering his baby. Uh, and they, uh, and then, like, Bradley Cooper stops Panther Man from murdering the baby and comes back. And rather than, like, again confronting Jennifer Lawrence, he decides to just go hunt a panther. Like, who... Yeah, I don't don't understand the panther plot at all. I don't get it. It feels like it's supposed to be metaphorical, but I cannot tell for what. Yeah, like, he's not an especially aggressive guy. So the idea that he's someone who needs this conquest doesn't totally make sense to me. I guess it could be a metaphor for his, like, business aspirations or something. Like, I don't quite get it. They establish at the beginning that he's, like, you know, ambitious, I guess. But then throughout the entire movie, he seems pretty fine with most of the things that are happening to him. He doesn't seem as distraught as she does. Like, yeah, I mean, he's mostly an agent for her. Like, everything he does in this movie, she tells him to do. Yeah. He's, like, almost cardboard. Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of a man puppet. And so, like, at the <laughs> end, when he decides that what he's going to do after uh, after saving his baby mama and and Lil... What's, his, what's Bradley Cooper's character's name in this movie? Do you remember? Uh... Uh... Phil Ben. George, okay. Uh, Yeah, George. Okay, so Lil Georgie and Lil Georgie's mom uh, get on a train, and they're safe. And what he decides to do right after that is that he's going to go kill a mountain lion. Um, Spoiler alert, he doesn't. Well, I mean, he does. No, he does. He does. He does. He He shoots it. It kills him, but in the same moment, he shoots it, and then the sheriff and everybody wander up onto the scene and see that he and the mountain lion are dead in a in a ravine and they in like bring... kind of a romantic embrace yeah they're kind of hugging each other in a lover's embrace mm-hmm. and then they bring his body back to jennifer lawrence for her to identify and <laughs> the way they tell she it... refuses to and instead just tries on a dress yeah. smiling yeah because she's full shit full like batshit banana pants at this point and um the way that they tell her that he's dead is, I thought, kind of funny and very fitting for this movie. Basically, the sheriff just hammers on her door and says, like, we need you to come identify. No preamble. No preamble. He, he barely finishes knocking, and then he yells, need you to come identify. She wanders across the room and stares into the mirror, trying on her dress, and he just he says, all right, and pack it up, boys, and they all leave. Like, no one's curious what's happening in there. No one's worried about and, the attempted murder anymore. She's right. vaguely aware that he's dead. It kind of registers on her face, but she just... And then she lights herself on fire. And then she the, lights herself that's the movie. on fire. She <laughs> she commits suicide by burning herself to death while wide awake in her bed. She lights and the house on the fire and lays down in her bed. And then you get a wide shot of the house burning, which crossfades to a big, wide panoramic of the Smoky Mountains. And then the next thing that comes across the screen, which I bet 
I bet she's really regretting right now is directed by Suzanne Beer. And it really, they should have put some buffer cushion space in between Something her else. name and the last thing that you see on screen, which is like. It is so abrupt for a movie so that takes forever abrupt. to do anything. It's so abrupt. The best review I read of this movie is that it sounds like the plot of an old country song. <laughs> And it does. It's like, it does. A, you know, like like a, a broken woman gets basically like adopted by a guy with some money. And then she's a businesswoman who gets a falcon and then loses her mind. Has a I forgot about the eagle. There's an eagle. Oh, man. There's an eagle. She, she trains an eagle. <laughs> she, she trains an eagle at the beginning of the movie because they're getting too many snake attacks, too many rattlesnake attacks. And then... Uh, you, I kind of figured like, oh, this is going to be some kind of metaphor. It's going to be part of the movie. It's part of the movie for about three minutes, and then that's it. She says, "No, everyone else, get out of the room. It needs. I need to know that a woman trained this eagle, which is kind of a crazy thing to say anyway, and definitely a crazy thing to say if the eagle's never going to be in the movie again." Right. the The movie like <laughs> pretends to have gender politics for like a minute. Uh-huh. Uh, it's. Yeah, the number of things this movie raises and then completely abandons and forgets about entirely. Like, Bradley Cooper never, like, he murders, like, his best friend, and then you forget about that yes. instantly, and it's oh, yeah. no longer part of the movie. Nope. The, there's, like, this big national park uh, subplot yeah. that is just abandoned no the reason. minute he murders his friend out of the movie. Even the person pushing it, the fucking sheriff antagonist character, whose sole purpose for the first half of the movie is building the national park, never brings it up again. Nope. Uh, the baby thing becomes like a pretty big part of this movie, but that only happens uh, like 55 minutes into the movie. Yeah. So, it really, it, this movie feels like a series of red herrings. Like, Yep. You're, like the whole point is that you're trying to guess what the movie could have been about. <laughs> <laughs> like if you turn left down this and open this door on your left, it could be a movie about national parks and land rights. Nope, just kidding. Continue down the corridor and now you've presented with two doors. And if you open the one to your right, it might be about a cougar. Yeah, right. It's about an eagle. Just kidding. It's about nothing until the very end where I guess it's about um, a strong savvy Fire. woman flipping her shit for no reason and turning into a crazed lunatic no michelle it's because she can't have a baby <laughs> she can't have a baby is why she goes crazy it's because of her uterus michelle oh my god michelle oh my god a woman directed this movie too i know the i feel like the screenplay of this movie had to be like you took the novel and then just like randomly ripped out pages and that was the screenplay. Because yeah. like the kind of when you zoom out, it you can sort of see a novel in this movie. You mm-hmm. can sort of see like a long story with various sub with various plot arcs, like a sort of an initial yeah. conflict and a middle conflict and end conflict. And like within that, like there is a story there. Yeah. But when you shrink it down to a, to a long hour and 50 minutes, it's just like completely useless gobbledygook. Yeah. Like, it's sort of, I'd be I, so interested to know, not that interested because I'm not going to go find <laughs> out, but I theoretically would be interested to know if like the movie is, or the book is like 
like a first person narrative like if if Serena is the narrator of the story and so you get a lot of insight into her motivations at all or if anyone narrates the book or if there's just a lot more explanation as to why anyone does anything because there has to be right like there, there has, has to, to be there has, there has to, to be. be let's just say that there is and that this movie is fucking bananas it spent two years in post-production like something happened well, they had to redub a lot of it because there was too much overhead. Uh, there was too many airplane noises when they were filming it in the Czech Republic. Oh, yeah. Uh, they did film it in the Czech Republic because they got a tax write-off or something. So they got a tax break. Um, we have to talk about the sex scenes for a second because, well, yes, I yes, really yes, hated please. that they were in there. It also seemed... <sighs> okay. The majority of the shots in this movie are like a thousand seconds long. Like, Mm -hmm, you'll look mm -hmm, at a mm -hmm. shot of Jennifer Lawrence feeling a small inkling of a glimmer of a feeling, and then it'll close on her eyes, and it'll just be (laughs) her eyes staring off into the distance, experiencing anguish. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But then every other shot in the movie is exactly that long and exactly that drawn out and morose except for every sex scene which is about six seconds long and it's just quick shots sometimes from an aerial point of view like uh-huh. like <laughs> there's a scene where jennifer lawrence kind of like pulls a like drinks a bunch and like acts a little bit inappropriately at like this like gala event and then pisses bradley cooper off and then it, that's kind of the end of the scene for no reason and then you get about a five second shot from the point of view of like a mirror above the bed of just Mm -hmm. him having sex with her and then it's on to the next scene. Yeah. And you get that over... What it feels like is that they had 45 minutes to shoot one sex scene but like decided that that wasn't wasn't enough to like have one sex scene. They just need to take that sex scene and then cut it up into these tiny little slivers and then just sort of intersperse them throughout the movie so that like... You know that they're in love because you cannot tell they're in love based on their on-screen chemistry, which is like two corpses being pushed into each other with their lips moving back and forth to force a makeout session. Like there is is nothing. There's dead space. Which is crazy because they had just won an Oscar. She had just won an Oscar for like their pretty electrifying chemistry in Silver Linings Playbook, and I think and I like would. Like, great on-screen performances. And then, like, had just finished filming, I think, or no, was about to film American Hustle. Like, these two actors clearly love working together. She convinced him, I hear, to work on this film with her. So, like, Hmm. two people that must, that we know, have a lot of Right, there's video evidence of them doing well. Yes. Doing well and being great romantic uh, leading characters for each other. And then this thing happens and it's just like dead on arrival. It's crazy. Yeah. It's like the most a like asexual sex scenes. The most like there is it looks like two teenagers making out in the back of a theater, but like robbed of any passion. Yeah. It, like they they also they seem like they've been up for nineteen hours <laughs> and are just being asked. To, it, it also to, there's certain scenes where apropos of nothing they're just making out for way too long on in the shot and like mm-hmm. he'll be like welcome to our country home and she'll say it's beautiful and then I can only imagine that Suzanne Beer is off camera yelling. 
devour each other. And then they have to just gobble on each other's faces for way too long. And then they just keep keep rolling that keep rolling that sweet footage. Like we need more. We need more. It's so weird. It is like two teenagers and like two very good actors just turning it like and their performances weren't like the bad thing about this movie. It's just no, they're fine. it's just the movie's fault. Yeah. I mean every everything that happens on screen feels unearned. So like what what I have to assume is genuinely good acting coming out of both of them just feels so flat. Yeah. Like every time they make Jennifer Lawrence cry or freak out, it doesn't feel right. Like it feels false. But that can't be her fault because we know that she's a good actor. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. She probably thought she was in a better movie. Someone, I forget, I think I was reading like a Vulture review of this movie and it said it has ABC Sunday night movie vibes. And it really mm-hmm. does, because it mm-hmm. feels like one of those things that you watch, and it's, like, super long. It's, like, a three-hour, like, television-only, like, straight-to-TV straight, straight to TV event, and it's, like, some long, romantic, slow-moving Western that you're never going to see all of, but you come in a third of the way through, and you watch 40 minutes of, and you maybe you fall asleep. And you're like, eh, right. that's pretty and- good. Those were attractive people to watch for as long as I was awake tonight. And it's interspersed with Geico commercials and the Charmin Poop Bears. And, like, you, exactly. it keep keeps you moving. going. The keep pace keeps moving. going. <laughs> yeah, this this is one of the few times I would say a movie would have benefited from more commercial breaks. Uh, yeah, no kidding. So, do you want plot keywords? Because the plot keywords on this movie are baniners. Fuck uh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Hit me. There are 193 plot keywords <laughs> to this this movie, which does not have a hundred. Doesn't have nine plot points. But no. Fuck! I love this Great. axe accident, murder disguised as hunting accident, logging baron, timbering accident, cutting down a tree, mountain, illegitimate <laughs> son, timber business, crib, <laughs> bloodstain. Pointing a gun gun at someone. Burn scar. Man bathing a woman. (laughs) Reference to collateral. Reference to a coroner. Reference to eminent domain. Food tray. Reference to national park. Safe key. Sex scene. Bloodhounds. Female scapegoating. Setting oneself on fire. <laughs> Murder of an old woman. Yeah. Telephone call. Throat <laughs> slitting. Straight edge razor. Defacing a photograph. Dead deer. Waterfall. Hand kissing. I can't. <laughs> humming. Payday. Ledger book. Suitcase. <laughs> Pickup truck, hand injury, blood splatter, blood, uh-huh. whistle, yep. flash camera, throwing an axe, <laughs> unwed mother, crying baby, baby boy, unwed autopsy, mother, horse and wagon, hound dog, dog. I'm sorry, what were the last two you just said? Hound dog and dog. Yeah, it's important to make that distinction. Bank loan. Friendship. (laughs) Rain. Okay, I take umbrage with friendship. There is zero evidence of friendship in this movie. Uh, 
talking to an eagle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, making a bed. Death of husband, death of protagonist, rifle pointed at camera, kiss on the forehead. (laughs) (laughs) Who fucking wrote these? Who wrote these? Fight on a train, running after a train, jumping onto a train, shushing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know why that made it in, but sure. Baby in danger, reference to Washington, D.C., reference to Colorado. Handshake. <laughs> Bare-chested male. <laughs> ah, prologue. Barrenness. Yes. Nature conservation, year 1929. Teen parent? Uh, <laughs> they had to throw it in, even though they're completely unsure. I'm positive there is no teen parent in this film. Those were adult Smashing athletes. a baby crib with an axe. <laughs> okay make sure you don't forget about it, that it, it, it happens uh-huh. uh husband wife relationship title spoken by character reference to god forename is title reference to jesus christ all the fucking reference to kingsport tennessee reference to Asheville, north carolina weird panther <laughs> it's crazy that panther wasn't first <clears throat> the that metric was, and there's so many more i just gave you the best ones oh my god 193 I just, I want to meet the people who do these or the, or learn more about the AI that does I these. I do too. No, it can't be I AI do too. because there's, there's things like, like three separate references to types of dogs. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the, the parental guide on this is also very good. I, I am obsessed with people that like, User-generated content in IMDb. Yeah. It's uh, so good. <clears throat> so wild. Uh, sex and nudity. Nudity? Moderate. The two main characters have sex at least five times. Though no nudity is ever shown, they are explicit through acting alone. Okay. Uh, I agree. Yeah. I like explicit through acting alone. Uh, a woman is bathed by her husband twice. Yes. Yep. The, the first time you can slightly see her breast. It is made clear her husband is penetrating her underwater. Ew. And her face is shown. She responds, I know. Ew. So gross. Someone wrote that. And it's like, you're not wrong, but you could have the phrasing of it all. I know. Uh, violence and gore. Uh-huh. A man is squashed by a log over a train track and almost gets run over by a trolley. Yes. Sure. A man is shot in the chest. Some blood is seen. A woman has her throat slit off screen. She is seen dead later. A man slips on loose ground and accidentally gets his hand chopped off by a worker's axe. Yes. That is, I the, I I can't make myself watch that again, but I kind of want to just because I want to know like, is there any earned motivation to the chopping off of that guy's hand? Because it almost seems like vengeful. So the thing is, I think it's supposed to be a guy who's already trying to chop down a tree and he's swinging, and then because a uh, stumpy uh, panther guy happens to slip on some dirt as he's walking past him. He braces himself on the tree at the wrong moment and the guy chops his hand off. Is I think how that's how it's supposed to read anyway. I'm not saying it okay. makes sense, but I, that's what was supposed to happen. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh god, profanity. 
Two uses of son of a B star TCH, one use of bastard. What is amazing to me that a, that a person, I, I think the same person probably, wrote, needed to star out bitch and son of a bitch, uh, but wrote, it is made clear her husband is penetrating her <laughs> underwater and her face is shown as she responds. Exactly. Like... <laughs> Like, God, you you wrote, like, digital penetration, basically, and you can't be bothered to write, like, uh. just, just three letters. Just unstar them, lady. We all know what you did. And I'm going to assume lady. This just seems like a an elderly, an elderly I grandma guess. move. You think maybe it was the, the murdered widow just wanted to, like, get a little bit I'm just getting here. church lady vibes. It could be church gentleman vibes as well. I'm not here it's to... Possible. Be, it's possible. It's yeah. possible. Uh, yeah. Man, okay, this movie made no money. Do you, do you want to, did you look I would hope not. Okay, but like crazy no money, because it was made on a $30 million, (laughs) which seems evident, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. fancy director, fancy actors, cinematography, etc. In the USA, the gross amount of money that it made, $30 million budget, $176,000. Oh my god! Like, whew! And then, wow! Worldwide, that's like just the cast and crew going to see it. Worldwide, when all is said and done, um, it made five million bucks, and that was mainly, mainly, I think, like, just all international distribution. They had a hell of a time getting a U.S. distributor, which is really confusing. To I get me, it, but I guess because this movie's act- nothing. Like this movie's poison. Like I guess because. Yeah, like, they couldn't, they were burning through distributors. They couldn't get anyone to release this. And then finally, they got 2929 to release this bad boy. And, oh, man. It was in, it was in post for, like, two years. It was amazingly supposed to originally have been directed by Darren Aronofsky. Like, can you even imagine what that movie would have been like? World's I, better. Better? Weird, I mean, I, I, weirder? Weirder. He's, he's my favesies, and he would have made it maybe make... a. It might have been a movie, but it all would have been in, like, fantasy sequence about things that didn't happen within the context of the script or something. Angelina Jolie was supposed to be the lead role. There were things about this movie that I'm not saying would have been better, but would have been different. The, the <sighs> screenwriter God, also watch. didn't work for ten years before. Like the, the movie that he made before this, they wrote, was Alexander also very bad. Yeah, I haven't seen it, uh, but it was pretty critically dragged. Yeah, it's trash. I, uh, I have ten years. Like that's which I sort I I get because it's he's he's not a not a good. Oh my god! What? I directed a play that this guy wrote. I knew that the thing seemed familiar. What Remember the write? fucking play that I directed Alex Gellner and Daniel Dewey in in senior year of high school. We did it uh, in uh, fucking Manila. Um, uh, Ian Beatty was in it. What was it called? Uh, it's called it's called Plunge. Catherine Bickford was in uh-huh. it. It was like about a bunch of friends. Uh-huh. They're like aging friends. Yeah. The fucking writer of this garbage ass movie wrote that play. Weird. Wild. Huh. Weird. That is wild. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I have a sad quote for it you. It comes full circle, Chris Claw. Yeah, please. <sighs> Got a sad quote. All right. I'm going to preface this with the fact that I I really don't mean to smear Suzanne Beer's name because I'm all for like bolstering up lady directors and she definitely has earned her directing chops so like 
not not trying to drag her name, but this is a very unfortunate quote, and it comes up as one of her her number one quote when you look her up on IMDb. My first job is not to make a boring film. Oh. I don't see a conflict between art and commerce, but I do see one between boredom and commerce. Lady, I have bad news for you on two fronts. <laughs> yeah, man, this is... Did you know that this was like a straight to... I mean, this was a straight to streaming film. Like, barely theatrically released at all, which is how it made no money. But they buried yeah. it. Like, they basically spent so long in post, allegedly because she felt all the pressure from silver linings and all the hubbub around that, that she just like... I guess caved under pressure and kept this in the editing bay forever and then released it like this. And like, God, if this already looks like this and this took two years to make, can you even imagine what it looked like? Like the, is, the f- first pass? It's so rough. I, yeah, I can't. I, I have a hard time imagining this movie worse. Like, I can't there's... imagine there's any way that this works out. Do you have any highlights? There's not a decision that that tracks for me. Not a single one. No. No, no. That's that's like it's a it's a good way to just show someone like they should maybe make you watch this in film school just to explain that like every person's job on set matters a lot. And once the movie is wrapped. And if any one of those people do their job very, very badly, things can go wrong. And if a lot of those people just don't do their jobs at all, it's going to look crazy. But it's not like a train wreck like watching, like, uh, I don't know. I mean, we always we always refer to Highway, but we've seen so many shitty movies that were just total train wrecks. And they were like big, loud, bad movies. This is like a mm-hmm. quiet, weird, bad movie that's just bad in all the things that it lacks. Yeah, there's it, there's a je ne sais quoi about how awful this movie is. Like, you can't put your finger on a... Beyond the pacing and the script and the acting uh, and the uh, and the soundtrack, the you can't put your bad. finger on anything that's wrong with this movie in particular. Yeah, uh, it's a million little... It's all the little shit. It's like... I mean, those are all major things, but it's not... It's, <laughs> yeah, it's mostly, you know what I mean, though? Like, it's not like, oh, man, like, this movie had potential and then blah 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 happened it's really just like in what way you add up all the parts and you don't get a movie because all the parts were bad in like a c minus kind of way like everyone phoned it in just enough that it went really wrong right it's it's hard for me to imagine that like at the table read they weren't like (laughs) god are are we sure do we do we have do we have to do this one is there anything else in the can that we could do because the there's nothing there's nothing in the script to give you the impression it's going to be good no no it's so bad like there were only a few highlights um i really like the costume design a lot <laughs> <laughs> you know it's bad when that's the main highlight i really i think that jennifer lawrence looked beautiful I liked mm-hmm. all of the costumes, and I liked the lighting. I liked the way it was shot. I thought that it looked like, not the way the whole movie was shot, the interstitials that are just like smoky mountains. Oh, the I mean, smoky mountains pictures are great. Yeah, it's just like They're interstitial, lovely. like fairly static or panning shots of like foggy mountains and atmospheric kind of like crickets and things. That stuff felt like if I were watching a documentary about a specific ecosystem, <laughs> I was down with it. 
Um, oh, and I will say shout out to whoever did the color correction because this movie is mainly brown except for every shot where Bradley Cooper's eyes are part of the shot. And then they made it, they make oh. an electric blue and they pop on screen and like that's all you see sometimes because everything else is just like a sepia tone like area of shadows and then his like weird wizard eyes like peering out at you. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, I live for Panther Man in this movie. Like, if it weren't for Panther Man, there would be nothing for me in this. Yeah, big but fan. Panther, but, like, Rice Eifens is the name of the actor. Oh, yeah. He's, or I guess really Reese. Like he's in all kinds of shit. I guess I remember from The Replacements. He was the kicker in The Replacements. Okay. Uh, he's in, I mean, he's in, like, a thousand movies. Yeah. Uh, he, like, I am into Panther Man. Yes, his character he's, is he's cool. He's interesting. It's very interesting. Uh, it needs but to there be is, more of the movie. There is nothing else. Right. If it was just like Panther Man featuring Serena, I would be more into it than whatever they farted out with this. You know act. when like TV shows have their main leading characters and then every once in a while they'll do that one-off episode that takes place mm-hmm. from the point of view of one of the more side characters? Like usually mm-hmm. a more sitcom show will try it out and it's often a really fun choice if there's like, you know, like a character actor that can hold his own for like hold his or her own for the duration of the episode this feels like that this feels like if you could just like ooh, let's just turn the camera 90 degrees over there and just film that guy that's mostly in the background and only in like a third of this movie Mm -hmm. that would be a good that'd be a good episode of this terrible show yeah yeah (sighs) man did i not enjoy this one (laughs) it's it's gotta be my like number two least favorite movie that we've watched like yeah like nothing is nothing is worse than sergeant pepper sergeant pepper is the worst movie i've ever seen but i enjoyed it vastly more than i enjoyed watching this movie even though i was so angry the entire time yeah it's watching such a big sergeant time, pepper but like also at the same time it's fascinating and it has a ton of it's it's musical it's crazy it's loud and it's obnoxious and that movie i would still almost recommend certain people to watch it just to understand the train wreck this one, no one has seen it. No one should see it. No one should. This nope. is the most anyone should ever be forced to talk about this film. I just, it's it's just so bad. And it's just so, uh, such a waste of resources on all fronts. Yeah. Oh, I remember the other movie that's, I think, equally objectionable. Cool World was equally objectionable to this. <laughs> cool World was pretty bad. Cool World was pretty bad, but it had that same, like, like, it, it was trying something out, and it was being mm-hmm. a big and obnoxious mm-hmm. about it, so if you're into being visually offended for, like, 90 minutes, at least, you know, like, if that's your brand of bad movie, is watching something right. that's psychopathic with its whole like, intent <laughs> and, like, execution, at least you're getting something. That's true. I guess it was... It was despicable in the same way that this movie is despicable and Highway is despicable. Uh, but both of those are, well, yeah, at least Cool World is, like, more fun. I, I, you, could, you could watch, Cool World has shit to talk about that wasn't just how fucking baffling each mediocre decision was. Yeah, and how dog shit they treat the lead characters. Like, really, just, like, she lights herself on fire at the end. There's really just... There's almost no action until, what, like, the last 60 seconds of this movie? 
Right. He's mauled by a panther that he does not need to go after, and she just burns to death. Yeah, it's uh, the cavalry comes in at the end to save the audience in the most <laughs> violent way possible. <laughs> oh, uh, baffling. Just baffling. Well, if you're going to be somebody in this fucking <laughs> horror, horror show movie... Oh my god, it's got to be the baby, because the baby gets on that train and goes off to lead a better life. It won't have any memory of any of these horrible people. It gets to just start fresh, clean slate in another state, I hope, and that's it. Just absolve every memory of this horrible place from its past. That's that's right. Uh, I think I would be the guy that chops off Panther Man's hand, because he... <laughs> Because he gets to, like, touch greatness, but he doesn't then go throughout the film without a hand. Uh, and that, and like, he's on screen little enough that he's, he gets out pretty clean. So I think, I'm, I think I'm hand chopper. Yeah, and in terms of being on set, like, I bet it was a little bit cool to be, uh, that's really, like, one of only, like, one or two, like, violent practical effects that they executed. I mean... Making things explode with squibs is pretty fun. I bet that was at least kind yeah. of fun on set. Yeah. Right, yeah. Being being the character or being the actual man, either way, either way, it's just that either way you slice it, it's a win. Is all I'm saying. Right, and you're you're near Prague. You can go visit Prague. It seems like it's probably fun to make. Uh, yeah, everybody got to go on a little movie. trip to the Czech Republic. You know, like, oh, man. Well. This is this has been a journey. I'm not gonna say it's been a good mm-hmm. one, but it was definitely a journey. And I and I definitely uh, have a new disdain for bath time that I didn't at the beginning. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh God. Sponge uh, bath. Well, until next time. <laughs> I'll be Henry. I'll be Michelle. Experiment and fast forward into the future of acting. 